2: Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news.
3: Hey, friend, it is Angie Austin with the good news. We've got the good news team here. My radio friend and colleague, Eric Raymer, who is also in the PR business, and he also builds websites, and he's a magician. I mean, <laughs> and a former
4: pastor. Uh, you know, you put all that in, and I'm either theologically confused or just want to honor God wherever he calls.
3: And you also have a, a car driving service. Yeah, I, I, I teach, drain,
4: I, I train drivers for the services uh, U- uh, Lyft and, and Uber. Train them for a great service.
3: And then build websites. I do and that. do PR.
4: You know, if the, the, the point of the thing is, you could be the best at what you are, and if nobody knows, what have you gained? So I make you famous.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your website?
4: Uh, PRmediacoach.com.
3: All right. We have a frequent guest on our program who's in the health industry, and that's Jennifer Bishop. And again, we're just friends getting together, sharing good news with you, kind of having a roundtable discussion. We hope you feel like you're having coffee with us. And over the years, I've kind of gathered a team of people that I admire, that I like, that I'm inspired by, and I hope you are, too. Producer Dave here. And then I wanted to mention Terry Fisher. And uh, Terry, mention your business, because I see I met you uh, basically through the charity world, because you are out and about all the time at charity events but you book talent you hire talent you, tell, tell us about you
5: yes and thank you Angie actually I met when I hired you to do an event for one of my organizations way back when which yeah. was a blast and I have an entertainment company called five-star talent and entertainment I'm a full-service entertainment agent going on 19 years why I'm in my 19th year and um, somehow about 10 years ago I found myself doing many charities so got involved and I see Angie at many of these organizations Well, these charities and fundraisers and nonprofits and um, and you're always looking continued. for talent Talent, buskers, I, well, singers, I bands. bands, DJs, comedians, Santa Claus sometimes. Um, I need you, Santa Clauses, because it's that time of year to think about it. Yes. And she this books time people of for
3: things um, like festivals and nonprofit events, corporate and,
5: events, yeah. um, country clubs, uh, weddings. I do a ton of weddings. I do a little bit of everything. So I'm just kind of a full service agent and I have a blast doing what I do.
3: You do. And you do. And you use your powers for good because she does book and donate a lot of the talent for uh, many of the charity events around town that help people and give them that, you know, helping hand up in life. Uh, And so I see Terry all the time at these events. I
5: believe anytime you can give back, you should. And um, whenever, you know, God's blessed me with the wonderful opportunity to have this fun business. And somewhere along the way, you give back and donate. And somehow I just ended up doing more of that than I I mean, I love doing that. So what can I say? <laughs>
3: and uh, Terry has uh, definitely helped our program as well. So I'm very grateful for that because we hope we deliver a message of hope. And a couple of things I want to talk about. We've got a story about a 97-year-old that thinks super cool good news. And then uh, we don't want you to forget Mother's Day. And... Uh, you know, Terry had mentioned, you know, sending out cards, you thought a, a message written was something that a lot of moms would enjoy. And since it's yes. Mother's Day is this weekend, you still have time.
5: I think getting a card is awesome. And people take the time to get a card. Don't just Facebook, I have a wonderful mom. Actually, tell your mom, she's wonderful in writing, uh, your grandmother, your your sister, who's maybe a mom, your oh, aunt. Well. But just I think sometimes that personal message beyond the message in a card is something that takes time from your heart. And I think you should think about doing that this year.
3: I like that.
4: Absolutely. That dog will hunt. Yeah. <laughs> I like
3: that. My um That's my cool. aunt just passed away and I think I've told you before that I live with my aunt and my cousin. They were together 54 years. My cousin's 54. She never lived on her own. She always lived with her mom. It was just the two of them. And in fact, when my aunt passed, she said it was just the two of them and the cats. She said it always be- it was always the two of us, so we were there together and uh, she's my mom's twin and she's the one that took me to church when I lived with her. Now, it wasn't a pleasant experience living with her. She had a lot of damage from her childhood and she had some anger issues. And bipolar disorder, and I think that in a textbook she would be considered abusive. And a neighbor actually kind of rescued me by calling my mom, saying, "I think you should get your daughter out of the circumstance mm-hmm. she's in." With that said, my son said to me, "Are you sad about you know um, um, your aunt dying?" I said, "You know it's interesting because um, you know we had a, a difficult year when I lived there." I said, "But she took me to church, so I've over the years gotten in touch and thanked her because there have been further." incident. My mom basically supported them, lived down and supported them for a good 10 to 15 years and they really took advantage of my mother financially and didn't work and lived off of her and they were kind of abusive to her okay so with that said my son said I've never heard you say anything negative about them I've never heard I didn't know she was mean to you I said honey that's because mommy believes in forgiveness and so I really don't ever think about how she was because I have empathy for her which means I felt badly that she had such a horrible childhood that she would hurt me and he said well what are some examples like what did she do to you I said well I left a pair of pants once in the Washer and she grabbed me by the hair and threw me up against a wall. I said, That's one incident. I said, There are others, but you know, I said, It doesn't really matter what it was. She was like a hurting person. So I never really had anger towards her. I had sadness that she was still carrying around her unforgiveness, which caused her to uh, have. to put her rage onto me as a 12 year old and so hurting people hurt yes and so he said well grandma talks about my mom grandma talks about these stories all the time I said that's because grandma hasn't forgiven mommy has has forgiven and I think that I told you recently I'd heard him going over vocabulary words with my husband and um, he goes oh I know what a pessimist is and an optimist mommy's an optimist and grandma's a pessimist and I said well that forgiveness enables me to be an optimist and I'm grateful that my aunt took me to church and that." That's where I found Christ uh, when I was 12 and I lived with her. So all I remember is that she le- helped lead me uh, to Christ. Or my husband then said, she drove you to Christ. You know, yeah. like, he I, led, yeah.
6: drove,
3: yeah. you know. Does It doesn't matter. Yeah, you found Christ. You. Right. Yes. Yes. And you're here now as and a result. And that's that's yeah. what so
6: you my, decide to focus on and is, think is about the positive. And the
3: people that we've influenced with our message here of hope or, you know, at least shared Christ with because she helped lead me to Christ. Right. You know. Oh, my
6: gosh. I, Unbelievable, Angie. I, I mean, and I look, I mean, I think about your dad and your
3: forgiveness. That's 35 I, years my dad and I didn't. I, I, we were estranged. And I remember when you got together. Yeah, I remember that weekend. It's been a good thing. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. It is. And it, I try to explain it my frees son frees not us. necessarily for them just for them it's for you right and he said well you forgave her but he said that you guys didn't do a lot of things together i said well they lived cross country so he said well i hear you talked to tracy to your cousin and you never said anything bad about her that she was mean to you i said well she was hurt as well she was hurt as well i don't have a grudge i don't hold grudges he said how do you not do that how how can you not stay mad I said, well, it's a God choice. helps you with that. God helps your you faith. with forgiveness. Yes. yes, I would
5: love the radio audience out there to all raise your hand if you've been able to forgive somebody <laughs> right. in your past. Mm-hmm. And we can't see all of you, but we sure hope it's a big part of you. Absolutely. Yes. So keep one hand on you... the steering wheel. Yeah, right. yeah. Thank you.
4: <laughs> Just yeah. one hand. Just one. one. Hand. Ten and two. Pick one. one hand ten anyway. or two. doesn't matter. Uh, but, but, you know, but for those who couldn't raise their hand, uh, don't, don't hesitate to reach out today. Yes. It's a great place to start.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. yes just like and our last person said gwen reach out start today yeah. you don't yeah, have yesterday. to wait till yes- yeah. tomorrow you can start
3: today yeah and you know it's um i think a lot of us don't want to reach out because we're afraid of the rejection mm-hmm. that they are going to reject us but what what's the worst case scenario they reject you and you're in the same boat you were uh, before you made the call you still are estranged so if you reach out and you take that risk of being rejected Oftentimes, they're feeling the same way and they're afraid to call you and forgive you because they're afraid of being rejected. Usually, it's met with a lot of gratitude. They're so thankful that Absolutely. you called to mend the fence. I even said to my cousin, I said, I think one thing that I, I would say that I regret about the family is that they held on to grudges too long. I think most families, most families don't do you think? A lot. Yeah. I mean, because she, she died. My mom hadn't seen her in a good 10 years, mm. and she hadn't been able to speak for 10 years, my aunt. And they're right. twins. You know, they were best friends. Wow. So, anyway, reach out to your mom this Mother's Day and make it something special not just a Facebook message or a call you know make a plan to do something special if you can and tell or her a mom her. that might not have you know uh, you know a child near them right and
5: if some of you because many of us could be in this situation where we don't get along with the mom and we don't have a mom in our life that's present because maybe for whatever reason they there, yeah. or it's a negative passed. situation, mm-hmm. mine is not past, but not good, reach out to the people that cons- you Are consider like a mom or mom. like a mom and tell them you love them, yeah. mm-hmm. as well as say a prayer for the mom that maybe isn't part of your life and hope that their journey gets yeah. better.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm kind of going through a renaissance with uh, my stepmom, who, uh, you know, my mom passed when, when she was, uh, had a stroke at 48 and passed oh, seven years later. Gosh, I was eight so years old when she had her stroke. <gasps> wow. Um, but my stepmom's kind of been my mom forever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's really kind of cool. Tomorrow I get on a plane and I'm going to go head out and, and uh, visit mom and dad. And, you know, dad's 91 oh. and, uh, you know, just kind of. My mom calls me and she says, you know something? I'll only call you if I need you. And I said, no problem, Mom. And she says, I might need, just need to hear your voice.
3: Oh, you right?
4: right? Absolutely. So, gotta love that.
3: Yeah. I kind of lucked out and got like an extra stepmom and my dad and I, you know, made amends when he reached out to me uh, about seven years ago, maybe. It had been about 35 years since we'd really had much contact. And my stepmom's just delightful. She didn't have any kids. And I knew her over the years a little uh, but um, we're friends, and she listens to my show every morning. She gets up real early and listens to my national morning show and will send me little comments and stuff, and that's been nice to have, like, an extra friend, so that's kind of a bonus mom. So
5: I have Gosh. a couple stepmoms out there that my dad had seven wives. Whoa! Oh, wow. Oh, Some of them oh. are a lot younger than his children, extra but it's, it's, it is interesting <laughs> wow, got to still have a couple of them stay in touch with me today. Um, so oh, I'm kind okay. of... I think that's wow. kind of cool. I didn't right? know that
3: about you, Terry. I know. Don't mm-hmm. you keep asking? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We all
6: have many facets to our lives
3: that people might not know. That's okay, true. let's share our good news story. Go ahead and set it up, producer Dave.
0: Okay, so uh, this is Steve Hartman on the road. He has the best job, he comes out like two two a week which is really great it seems like a be really a low stress and he gets to talk to the most amazing people anyway this man is 97 years old he is a veteran and he just didn't want to stop working wait till you hear the dedication in his voice when steve hartman asks him if he wants to take a break
2: when you reach a certain age just getting down to the driveway can feel like a full day's work but for 97-year-old of Perth Amboy, New Jersey, overcoming those stairs is just the beginning of his workday.
7: What the hell time is up here?
2: Two days a week, he clocks in for a four-hour shift. There it is. His job?
7: Oh, good morning,
2: hon. Fag boy at the local stoppage shop.
7: See that? Yeah, nice, I do it.
2: Benny used to be a warehouse supervisor for a cosmetics company. Thank you. You're welcome. He supposedly retired back in the 80s, but he's been doing odd jobs ever since because he says he loves a hard day's work and always has. What was your first job you ever had? Who, me? Yeah.
7: A shoe shine job. We had a
2: shoe
5: shine when I was young. At
2: what age? Seven or so. So you shined shoes, then what did you do? Don't. No. What was your next job?
7: I went to barber school okay after that i went to the army
2: benny served in the army air force during world war ii he was a gunner on a b-25 mitchell bomber flying mostly over northern africa and italy today his italian casualties are far less consequential but he still approaches his job with that same tireless warrior-like determination for example Benny says he'd sooner stack a honeydew on white bread than loaf around on the job.
7: I don't take no breaks. No breaks? No breaks.
2: Benny will not take a break. Never? Never. That's
8: the boss man.
2: Mike Moss is the assistant manager. What if you went up to him right now and said, Benny, it's break time? He'll yell at me. (laughs) I learned that the hard way.
7: I don't want it. Take a break. Take a load off. I don't want to stop. Don't tell me how to work. See the light on? That's where I'm going.
2: When I pressed Benny on this, he said something really interesting. He said, why would I take a break when I only get to work four hours? He actually put it that way. I only get to work four hours, as if bagging groceries was some kind of privilege bestowed upon him.
7: I get a feeling that I did something good. Mm -hmm. You can't just stand around like an idiot. You have to have a reason to keep alive. You're welcome, sir
2: for Benny. That reason is to go out and earn not just a paycheck, but a purpose. He says you need to contribute at all times and avoid breaks at all costs. You
7: go sit down. No, I don't want to sit down.
3: O-M-G.
5: I
0: told you you'd like that one. <laughs> that was the Another message. Purpose.
3: Yesterday, Gwen, who joined us, Gwen Rich, with uh, stage 4 cancer, diagnosed in 2012. And here she is every day. She said, I've never been happier because every day I have a purpose that I'm helping other people with their health. And she said, you have to have a purpose. And that's what <laughs> that's what he said.
6: Amen. There's a great TED Talk I listened to recently. And this this gentleman was from Harvard. And he went back for his, like, 20-year anniversary. Um reunion and he's you know a lot of people from a lot of extreme wealth and he did this whole scientific thing about who was the happiest and it was all people that had purpose all people that had purpose Mm -hmm. so i think we're finding a theme and and earlier
4: this week we were talking uh, about trent shelton he says purpose is internal internal it's not you, you don't find it in the world yeah. I agree with that.
3: Well, and that whole idea of I think someone, oh, I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day, yeah. and we were discussing something about, you know, uh, work, et cetera. And I feel that, you know, uh, we work in a great place, Dave, but you don't always every day. I don't tell you you're amazing, Dave. You're wonderful, Dave. You're so great, Dave, right? Well, most of my bosses, I didn't quote-unquote feel... Um, appreciated. Some were downright mean to me over the years. Not here. I mean, we have a great, I think the best thing about where we work actually is our colleagues. Mm. But I said to my friend, I'm working as though I'm working for the Lord in heaven, not man on earth, because man's never going to give me The kudos, the pat on the back, the blessings, the you're amazings that, because my mom's always saying, I'm not appreciated." I'm like, are you kidding me? Look at my poor husband, 12 hours a day. He leaves with his head down some days, trudging to his truck, trudging to his truck. I go, that man works like a dog. Does anyone thank him or say, thanks for building this? Thanks for giving me the extra stock. Thanks for that great party you threw us. I said, Never. So sometimes we have to find our satisfaction from the Lord. I'm not saying we shouldn't get more down here, but we can't depend on man for it.
6: Ever. I just finished uh, Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Highly recommend. Christian writer. Girl, Wash Your mm. Face. She is amazing. She's married to Dave Hollis, um, ex-football player and she talks about that you know she talks about you don't need a hero and um she's like really god god is our own that is and ourselves like we're our own you know we need to take care of ourselves because we know god has us you know hopefully if if you don't there's places that you can go and find out that god has has us and all you have to do is believe in jesus christ as your savior that is it there's no works there's no nothing else if you believe in god that's it
0: you know what's really funny about that is um i've changed a lot since i started working here and as soon as every time as soon as You've i start feeling unappreciated, totally changed i have i have changed my here. entire personality anyway i uh as soon as i start feeling unappreciated around here I don't say anything. Something happens every single time. You will, or Eric will, or Charlie, or Mike, or Marie, or somebody will come out of nowhere. This today, I was like, I've had to cover for Steve. Hopefully, everyone, please play for old right, producer for, Steve. Yes, he's not had some old. Hard issues. <laughs> he means
3: old as in he's work I mean, former producer, not old yeah. man. Producer but former Steve producer
0: is Steve mm. He's in the hospital. He's in the hospital. So I've been covering for him. At, I have to get here at five in the morning. I live an hour away. So I get here, so I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning, I'm not feeling, and then Kim Munson out of nowhere is going, ah, she was just rattling on about how awesome I am and how much she appreciates me and all the things I do. And I was like, as soon as I feel unappreciated, something like that happens. And I don't, I, you know, it's totally a God thing.
5: Hmm. I think everybody has a purpose and I think we should all find that purpose, which is the whole point of this entire moment. And I have to talk more on the mic, they said. <laughs> that's my purpose today. I'm just grateful. Listening to Dave, listening to all of you, listening to our great stories, uh, our stories of hope and purpose, really have inspired me quite often
3: and you know, quite amazing today. You know, it's interesting because Terry, I was talking uh, about, that's Terry speaking right now. Terry uh, does a lot of charity work and she also does huge family dinners, big family uh, celebrations, wrapping 100 gifts, sending out 250 Christmas cards. And so I'd said to Terry once a couple years back I said was it 450? Yeah, 450 450 yeah. like, Christmas cards yeah, okay. oh, so I said to Terry Terry You expect people to be like you, and no one's like you. Like, no one gives like you. And so recently, Terry had her birthday, and I was telling one of our mutual friends, I was so excited to see all these different friends taking Terry out and celebrating her. I saw it on social media, and I said, it's about time to see all these people celebrate Terry because she's always celebrating others, you know? And over the years, I've even said to her husband, I'm like, she thinks people are going to be like her, throw all these parties, give all these gifts, give all this help, do all this charity work, and no one's like her. She, that's just how she is. So she's working for the Lord in heaven rather than man on earth. But I was just thrilled to see her. Like that, that your friends gave back to you. That's they what really stuck out to me shirt. about you, they Terry. Did. The
0: first time we met, when we worked together, the last time you were here, is you worked so hard for these people just to give them a break, like give them the chance that they want, so that they can achieve their goals. and yeah, I admired she hires that about talent. you. She right? Yeah, because you're helping these bands that nobody's ever heard of, and you're helping them so that people can hear of them, which I think is really cool.
5: You know, I have to say, I was going to retire in 2017, which is a little bit why I broke away from The Angie Show and things. But I guess I felt I had a purpose in keeping some of those people working and um, clients happy. And I, my purpose was just I love doing all that for all those people and bringing There's them together.
4: There's
5: that word again.
3: So cool. Chris, oh. Yeah, purpose. she could have retired in 19 years in. I mean, she doesn't do it for the money. She doesn't do it for – I think she just think it's fun. I give it all back anyway. Yeah, she does. She <laughs> does. It. All right, hey, if you are uh, someone with talent, a busker, singer, a Santa, a magician, hey now, uh, hey, no, uh, th- how do you get in touch with Terry? You can call me at 303 635 1210 and I'll talk to you personally. And your
5: website? 5staracts.com, number 5, staractscom
3: number five, s scom Under construction right now, getting a new one. Oh, okay. okay. All right, Eric actually builds websites, does GR. Okay. Uh, he uh, is a magician, so he may be working for you soon. Your website, Eric?
4: PRmediacoach.com.
3: PRmediacoach.com. And if you want to get into uh, in touch with Jennifer for your health or producer Dave for podcasts, go to angieaustinradio.com angieaustinradio.com. You can get in touch with me and any of my guests through that. Language. Angie, we appreciate you. Yes. The
2: good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver.
3: and arkdrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. Arcdrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love arc. Andy and Mike here. You know, Mike likes to give something. It's called feedback. Other times I call it something that starts with a C, but regardless, he's usually pretty good at it, actually. And we're going to talk about the art of giving and receiving feedback, Mike, today with Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Are you up for this?
7: Of course I am. I love feedback. It's the only way we get better. It's true.
3: It's true. Hi, Dr. Cheryl Lentz.
9: Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Angie. Yes. As you know, we like to talk about things that are rather timely and something that's been in the wind. Maybe it's spring break. Maybe it's close to graduation. Maybe it's the end of the semester. But a lot of my students and employees and and clients, they're all struggling with a don't shoot the messenger. When we offer feedback the way you offered it is fabulous. But many people hear criticism. They hear we suck and we are attacking them and all kinds of interesting things that people take personal. So I have got a fabulous tip that I use with my students. And the thing is, is to separate yourself, the writer, the person, the worker, the insert category here from you, the person When we can look at what exactly what Mike said is feedback is just the opportunity to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. It's that simple. But when our ego gets in the way and when our emotions get in the way and we feel personally attacked, then we go on the defensive and then no matter what anyone tells us, we are going to absolutely shut down and shut off. So I do two things. I ask people to separate themselves and then I ask permission. And that permission is going, you know what, Angie, can I give you some feedback? Would you be open to it? If I can get you to buy in, then you're far more acceptable and receptive as opposed to defensive. So what do you think about that, Mike?
7: Well, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to go in with that whole permission thing. And Mike doesn't I, do that. Mike doesn't do that.
3: <laughs> Beg forgiveness, right? But he has really good feedback.
7: I think I'm being criticized here.
3: <laughs> no, but well, I, I actually pr- appreciate the honesty of somebody because Michael do it knowing sometimes it might irritate me, but he's right. You do get better or it makes the show better. So I actually do appreciate people that have the courage to give it because it takes some guts or you know what to do it. Mike.
9: But it also depends on how you do it, though. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to be defensive yourself. You can offer it as a gift instead of criticism. And then the perspective is a little bit different.
7: Look, I've been involved in a couple of interventions in my life. I, am I on the receiving end of a criticism intervention today? Is that what's going on? Okay, this no is hilarious attempts no.
9: here, Mike. No veiled attempts at all. Trust me, you're smarter than both of us. So.
7: No, the, the interesting thing here is that if you have an idea on how to make something better, the best way, I believe, to actualize, actual, act, to make that happen, it's to try and figure out how does that person that you want to share that information with best receive direction? Because sometimes it's a sledgehammer right between the eyes, and sometimes it's a pie with a little surprise inside that is your direction. And if you have time to figure out what presentation is going to work best, then you can do it. And there are some times where it's like, there is a lion running at us. We don't have time to make a pie. Shoot the damn lion.
3: (laughs) 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 A pie. That's hilarious. I love pie. And I don't love lions when they're running at me. But um, that is such a perfect way to put it. And, you know, I've gotten so used to Mike that I'm not offended when he gives me criticism. I'm sorry, uh, feedback, whatever we want to call. it. It, but with my husband <clears throat> I get super nervous and almost sweaty when he's watching one of my kids games because I like for a child to receive feedback. I with Mark, I, my husband, I think it's criticism, but he's watching a game and he's a great basketball player. The kids are all into it. And then he's found, you know, three things they've done wrong. And I'm like, before you do the three things that have gone wrong or that, you know, they already are almost in tears about at the game and they know they made a mistake. Would you mind giving some kudos first? Like with a kid, I think you need more than just the permission. Do you mind if I give you some feedback? I almost feel like for everyone Every criticism you need like an attaboy, some kind of a kudos, so they're not completely demoralized and on a heap in the backseat of the car for the whole ride home.
9: Well, and there's something per you know, for that, you know, the, the professional version is the sandwich technique, but I have found that when you sandwich it, meaning you do the good thing, then the bad thing, the good thing, they only remember the good parts of it. So I really think it has to be a, a way you do it as opposed to, Hey, you know, you really were really good out there, but there are some things that we might be able to do better. Do you think we can talk about them instead of saying, man, you suck, you got to do this better. You're not going to do this. You know, I mean, it's all a matter in my opinion of technique. And I don't think we t- give technique. I know we don't teach technique, but we have to teach how to receive the feedback as well as how to give it. I've had to prepare my students going, all right, this is going to be a little tough for you. I want to help manage your ego. I want to help Sarah. So I, I set them up for success by warning them what's coming so that they're ready. And then they said, okay, I know this is part of the process. I'm going to give it to you with love and kindness. Don't think that I'm being mean and and hurtful just because I can. And I'm, I'm the giver of the feedback, but it's all about what do you want the goal to be? And I've only had one person ever shut me down and say, no, I'm not ready. For this today, wow. it's not the right frame of mind, and I think you both have to have that technique. Because giving is not as e- is is not any less difficult than receiving it.
3: It's easy for my husband to give the criticism. I mean, it just rolls off his tongue. And I just feel that with kids, uh, the sandwich ways you put it might be a little bit better. I don't know. But I think
9: to Mike's credit is really is I think you have to find works with that person. So, Mike, we we applaud what you're saying because you're right. Sometimes time is of the essence and you have to tell them now or the lion's going to eat you. But other times you might be able to soft serve it or you might have it so that they hear you. Because if your receiver doesn't hear you. Giving the feedback is useless.
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And there are times that um, and, and I've tried to do this. Um, it's not always easy. There are times that you have to check yourself before you give someone an idea or a correction because your own attitude might be wrong that day. And you could waste that opportunity or that that advice based on what your own condition is that day. So um, it's hard to be mindful of that, but you have to try and do it if you're going to be successful and at least efficient on on a regular basis.
9: Well, I think the outcome is also, what's the whole point of doing this? I mean, Mm -hmm. is it to make you feel better, to make you feel worse, to make them feel better, to make them feel worse? I look at the end result going, well, if you want to graduate, then we're going to have to improve these things in order to pass the next stage of review. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, You know, I have a friend of mine, sometimes it's tough love, Mike, it's suck it up, buttercup. You know, you've got to look at here's the end goal and it's not going to get any easier whether I give it to you nicely or I give it to you with a two by four between the eyes. The end result is it's got to get her done. But other times that opportunity could be maybe done differently.
3: Well, your outcome is very tangible. You've got students, um, you know, with Mike and I generally it's like a commercial break or I mean, he and I never have like an hour to chat. We have like four minutes to chat, you know, three and a half minutes to chat and not only we're deciding on content but maybe on making something better etc so with us it is the lion is coming there's no time to make the pie
7: um, but you
9: always already have that relationship in place so that mike's not going to get terribly offended when you give him that three second right between the eyes because you know that's how he prefers it and that's all the time you have and he understands that he's not going to not talk to you for 10 years because of it
3: yeah and there's the history where it's like you know exactly. we we're friends we can count on each other like he's always there when i need him and our team like we never let each other down. So we kind of know we're going to be there at the end of the criticism. But I think we're focusing on how to give the criticism and not as much on the taking it. And I think that's so important because I see in meetings, etc., that people really aren't very good at taking feedback and that they do see it as criticism. And they almost automatically get, um, you know, uh, defensive. Don't you see this, Mike, in the workplace? Because you've been in lots of um, establishments with lots of millennials, for that matter. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah. I often find the more experienced worker Has a higher tolerance for feedback and or criticism yeah. and
9: well, I th- Do you think because they just haven't been taught how?
7: Yeah, because they've been coddled Because they've been told that everything is perfect They get a trophy for everything they do This is a, uh, uh, I guess, a uh, side Not benefit, but detriment of the trophy generation
9: Well, that's why I'm learning a little bit more that I have to preface my students and teach them how, because I have a few of them have gone off the rails and I just have to back them up. It's like, hey, you have a choice. I don't have to give you any of this feedback, but then you complain you're not making the progress. I can soft serve it to you. I will give you what you're not expecting, but I have to teach you how to graciously and eloquently or our relationship isn't going to work because what you want me to do isn't going to happen for you. That's tough because no one's ever taught them how to receive feedback. They've just expected them to and then they go off the rails and off to the races we go, so to speak, you know.
3: Well, I think that's I think why it's so important, as you mentioned, to do that little, um, little aside. Um, I have some feedback. How do you word it? What do you say?
9: How honest do you want me to be sometimes is what I'll ask. And that kind of prepares them. And most of the time, the reaction is, oh, this isn't going to be good news. I'm going, well, I wouldn't call it not good news or bad news. I just don't think it's what you're expecting. And that helps them kind of take a deep breath of air and prepare themselves for what they weren't expecting. Because if they're receptive, I have one student, Susie Sunshine, it doesn't matter what you tell her, she is the most amazing student to work with. And I've had employees like that. And I've had others, my gosh, you tell them that, you know, they've got spinach in their teeth, and they will just go off the rails. So it's... It's really a preparing them to get them in that bright frame of mind so that you can move that conversation and be productive. But not everybody receives it. And if you don't teach them how, I think, as Mike says, you've lost that opportunity and it could be gone forever. Or you really upset them to the point that they
3: won't talk to you for months. Joining me, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, the academic entrepreneur. And Cheryl, we often talk about developing a brand. And really that applies to us, too, in our work. And, you know, when I put things on Facebook, it always goes with my brand. And that is that I'm a mom and a news person. So I like to put positive things out there and develop my brand as a positive news person mom, who's also a Christian. So those are kind of like my themes. But how on earth do you develop a brand?
9: Well, this is very interesting because many people believe brand is the logo, brand is what you see, and that isn't. It's is, It's exactly what you say it is, is what do people say about you as the brand? And so I go to a lot of these conferences. I just got back from four and five and a half weeks, and I like to go to wow. business conferences. And I met somebody who is absolutely amazing. Uh, his name is Brian Smith. He's the founder of Ugg Boots, the billion dollar brand. And so who would know more about international brand than this particular gentleman. And as a side, I'm so excited. He's agreed to write the forward for our next book that's coming up in August. So I am like over the moon because we're writing a book wow. on health. So yes, I mean, kind of nice hanging with billionaires, but here's what got my attention. And we've talked about this many times in this program is to think about what is the difference between that entrepreneur mindset, that business understanding, than others who typically work for someone else. And this book really got me Thinking Because Brian is wonderful to be able to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly and the really ugly and all of the things that he had to do to get to where he is. And what got my attention is when he was looking about building his brand, it was all about two major things that he, even though he eventually, I would say about year eight, nine, ten, he started making millions of dollars. But the problem is he didn't get to keep it. And I always thought going, how is it that companies who are making millions of dollars can suddenly decide that they don't want the founder there? We, We talked about this on your show, right? About Steve Forbes, Steve Jobs, and the fact that his own company kicked him out and then hired it back. And this happened with Brian as well. And so his first piece of advice, he goes, you need to maintain control of your brand at all times. He goes, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how bad it gets. You gotta have that 51% because just like you said in your opening statement, you need to control your values. You're a Christian mom. You're a, a, a mom who's raising kids and working. You have your brand for the radio show with you and Mike. It's really important that you're in control of that. And unfortunately in the business deal, The business world, when we're looking for financing and capital and all those types of things, we tend to compromise a little bit because we think the goal is to get the money out there and to get the brand out there. And the challenge was, as Brian's like, you know what, no matter what it is, you can't have your own company decide through shenanigans and backyard deals and all kinds of stuff that – it's not going to stay with you. And that to me was the biggest aha moment. Because again, I used to think people are successful, the Steve Jobs and the Bryans, these are million and billion dollar brands. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul and they make millions of revenues, but they don't keep it. And that was my biggest aha moment going, wow, it just passes through their fingers until they understood about control and margin. And I thought, for those who are entrepreneurs, for those who are building their brand, the idea of control, the idea of making sure that you're going to retain your company, you founded it, and yet how many companies have we heard about that have been founded? And the founders are kicked to the wind, and that always really brought it home to me going, how is that even possible?
3: that is so wild all right let's talk about that birth of a brand you mentioned uh that this uh this author so impressed by him uh you know when you met him at this uh business conference that you go to so many of i love those as well and the ug brand being one that is so well known uh, my daughter's got UGG boots they're expensive and uh, we bought them actually. Um, we, I lucked out and got them at a thrift store because they're like, many of them are over 200 bucks. Right. And it seems like, wow, how are you getting um, people to pay, pay 200 bucks for a pair of boots that are those, you know, fuzzy boots? They're like um, suede and then they've got a little bit of lamb's wool that comes out of the top. And a lot of people wear them just as even shoes in the summer, even though they are a winter boot. So, with that said, I'd be interested to know some of the tricks to developing that brand because. Ugg is known as quality and comfort, and it's kind of a brand, um, like a kind of a brand name that's known as high end per se for that type of boot.
9: Correct. Well, the name of the book is called "The Birth of a Brand: An Unlikely Startup Story of the Billion Dollar Brand," and this is of UGG boots. And what got my attention is many of us think that you start out with all of these orders. They start out with the organic boots on the ground, grassroots. His idea of going through, starting this was going to the surfer. And you wouldn't consider the surfer deal with boots. Like you just said, these are intentionally winter boots brought from Australia, and yet they crossed through other markets. But the way. Brian built his brand was boots in the ground and shaking hands and going to the people and and he even said he goes even when things get bad the loyalty of the people because they knew him by shaking his hand they knew him by loyalty they knew him about selling books for the back of the truck on the beach and the beacher you know the the folks before they were famous right he never forgot where he came from even when he entered into the high-end market which is eventually like you said that's where um, Ugg boots is as a premier brand but that wasn't where it started and there were some interesting Ways that's why I adored the book is that a lot of people tend to gloss over the the ugly, they like to keep on the good part of going. But Brian went into every horrible thing that happened the people who tried to take the company away from him, the people who tried to compromise his copyright and the brand. And and part of the the story is the persistence and the no matter what happens is always being true to you and your values, like what you have said in this program for, for years that I've worked with you is always being that authentic leader. And he always remembered, even when he got a little bit too big for his britches so to speak. And he went beyond where he went. He always went back to the people who helped him start in there and was the shaking of hands looking at somebody in the eye and treating people the way they should be treated even though business doesn't always work that way isn't that amazing business fundamentals it's just different zeros that are different but the fundamentals are still the fundamentals angie right
3: yeah no kidding and, and how nice to learn from the experts or people who've already made their mistakes per se all right cheryl your website
9: dr thank
3: you cheryl you betcha
1: YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is an ideal family vacation. Come visit and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with our fun, family-friendly programs and activities. This summer, YMCA has tons of fun and excitement planned for your family, and soon you can bring the entire family when we introduce our new dog park and dog-friendly activities. Whether you are looking for a harrowing adventure, or just a relaxing stroll near Rocky Mountain National Park, YMCA can set you on your way. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to YMCArockies.org. Fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today.
3: Angie Austin here with the good news, and the good news is I have one of the ARC ambassadors here with me. I shop at ARC. It is shopping with a purpose. I donate to ARC, and they help a lot of great people, including Christopher Petty. So, Christopher, how long have you worked at ARC? Um, Four or five years. And what is your favorite part of working at ARC? What, what, What do you enjoy the most? The people and the employees. Now the employees, does it become like family? I've heard that. What are the employees to you? Are they really good friends? Is it like almost like family? What's it like?
8: Really good friends. Really good friends and family. I think
3: that's fantastic. It's like the the heart of ARC is so wonderful. It's important to shop at Arc because you know it is shopping with a purpose. I say that a lot. And what that means is the money you spend at ARC goes back to help uh, the differently-abled community, the families, and they hire a lot of people with different abilities as well, who are uh, intellectually and developmentally challenged. And so if you shop there, you are really making a difference right here in our community. Uh, You know, I get a lot of great deals at ARC. In fact, recently I wore this amazing coat from Lord & Taylor, uh, Chris, and I wore it to an event. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, that's such a beautiful jacket. And I got it for, like, 15 bucks. Have you um, found, like, do you have a favorite good deal? What are some of the good deals you find?
8: I uh, find some great movies like Mosquito Coast with Harrison Ford and Helen Moran and Walking Phoenix. Give me an A for knowing my actors. <laughs> I <guess you> <laughs> absolutely. To I'm impressed. <laughs> thank, you, thank you.
3: All right. What else have you found good deal-wise uh, at ARC?
8: I find my flannel. Good old flannel. I love that's my a- Mighty my Boss Towns.
3: Yeah, that's a nice looking shirt actually. I like to uh, Columbia North Face and also my um, coach bags. I yeah. found several coach bags there. And those are really expensive normally, really. I've got a a coach bag. It still had the tags on it. It was $220. I probably got it for about $10, $15. All right. Um, ARC is very easy to donate, to. You hear me talk a lot about how the ARC donation truck can come right to you. And uh, you can just call 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, and the ARC truck comes right to your house. Or you can drop off items. There are specific ARC donation locations and stores. And, you know, there are a lot of activities, uh, Chris, that you actually as an ambassador take part in and so uh, what are some of the things you love to do um, you know there's a university and their outings name some of your uh, favorites what have you done
8: botanic gardens and uh, i like going sailing like bill murray likes to go sailing what about bob richard oh, dreyfus
3: you guys go sailing on the cherry creek yeah. reservoir every year what's what's fun about that
8: uh, you get to feel that cool ocean breeze
3: I love that. And, in, you know, and all the ambassadors are invited to these events, so it's a way for you guys to socialize and make friends. Do you have some special friends in that group?
8: Um, yeah, I have uh, some friends, uh, Michelle Michelle Knight. Oh, she's um, the best. Michelle I Knight, love her. Michelle Knight and um, a girl by the name of Elnez... Oh, I, yeah, she's a, she L. was L. one of our
3: ARC Ambassadors of the Month.
8: Yeah, she's fantastic.
3: Okay, so as I was saying, remember to shop at ARC because you'll always find great deals and you help people like Chris and others. And for information to schedule a pickup, 303-238-JANE or... ArcThrift.org, so three zero three two three eight Jane, three zero three two three eight Jane, or ArcThrift.org. Arc hires a lot of differently abled people in our community. In fact, Arc is one of the biggest employers of people with developmental and intellectual disabilities. People, including Christopher Petty. And what is your favorite part of working at Arc? What What, what do you enjoy the most?
8: I uh, I like working working at Arc because it's the people. And it's the employees, and you can—you you don't have to try to try to impress anyone. Just be yourself, and just come in, and just do your best, and just be yourself. And I love him. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. And uh, I just—I do my best. You know, I go in there and I give it my best. And have a good time. And you're proud of the work you I'm do? I'm proud of the work I do. Giving and back. What are some of the uh, activities you enjoy? Uh, bowling. bowling. Oh, I like pizza. bowling
3: too. Bowling and bowling pizza. pizza. Bowling, pizza, dancing.
8: You guys bowling have to Bowling, pizza, dance- dancing, sailing, and botanic gardens. Wow, I want to go to some of your parties. I know. How do we do get- You
5: said you Sheesh. love swing dancing.
8: I like swing dancing. Yeah, I went huh? down once to Mercury Cafe with a Ooh. friend. from Easter Seals Camp. This was years ago.
5: Oh, when you sail, that. do you hold. I mean, do you, do you get on the end of the boat like, what about Bob? Or yeah, just tearing up
8: like Phil Murray. I'm sailing, I'm sailing, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <that's laughs> <so> Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss. And Hilarious.
3: All right, hey, if you or want Titanic. to donate and you want to help ARC, it's called Shopping with a Purpose. That's what we call it here. And when you donate things, it goes back to help our community and people just like Chris, who has a wonderful job with ARC as an ambassador, 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or arcthrift.org, arcthrift.org. I love this organization. I've worked closely with them for about seven years now, and I can't speak highly enough about the work they do. When you give your items there, you know that they are going to a place that will make good use of your item and the money they make off of it. It is truly shopping with a purpose.
2: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com